Back in those days, everything was simpler and more confused. One summer night, going to the pier, I ran into two young girls. The blonde was called Freedom, the dark one, Enterprise. We talked and they told me the story. Now listen to this. I'll tell you about Texas radio and the big beat. Soft, driven, slow and mad like some new language. Reaching your head with the cold, sudden fury of a divine messenger. Let me tell you about heartache and the loss of God, wandering, wandering in hopeless night. Out here in the perimeter, there are no stars. Out here, we is stoned, immaculate. Hey, this is Kay with Radio Heck 82. How are you today? Doing well, Kay. How you doing? Okay, I'm... You know, I think I, t- I told you before, I'm so excited. I've got Tony on the line. Uh, Tony, the, the lead vocalist of the group Peace Frog, uh, which is the Doors tribute band, premier tribute band. I heard such great things about you. Well, thank you. Um, and, of course, this week is the uh, anniversary of Jim Morrison's uh, birthday. So that's coming up Thursday, and there's some great parties in the L.A. area. Um, the, especially... the Venice Beach Bar, uh, right on the uh-huh. boardwalk. Okay. And it's at 323 Oceanfront Walk. It's uh, just n- south of Rose Avenue, and it's the only venue uh, on the boardwalk that has live music. And mm-hmm. it's going to be rocking. It's a brand new club that just reopened under a new ownership. Uh-huh. Beautiful sound mm-hmm. system and lighting, and we have a cinematography show. And uh-huh. it's actually a historical landmark. That's for Jim Morrison and Jack Kerouac and Allen Ginsberg uh, used to hang out, and it was designated by the city of Los Angeles as a historical landmark. And actually, in the article, it says that Jim Morrison and Ray Manzarek used to take LSD and eat croissants. So I just put And eat croissants. <laughs> I was able to well, put those two words together in one sentence. I mean, I never thought uh-huh. I... So croissants and LSD, all right. And this, is what I've been, this is what I've been going over in my mind and thinking about this, and I've been to Venice Beach, and I can't wait to check out the Venice Beach Bar, and I'm glad you told us about it. Because um, it's so fascinating. And um, It is. It is. You know, uh, just the music of the doors and um you know Jim Morrison is deserving of so much adoration and um just it, there's so much just love for, uh, of this band and this music and um, you, you know Morrison's great personality so what a character um and what a rock star <laughs> yes yes definitely and, uh, um, know, one of the one of the great combinations of Jim Morrison was highly intelligent, 164 uh-huh. IQ, uh-huh. graduated early, um, as opposed to what you see in the, I just wanted to say, the movie by Oliver Stone, The Doors. Yeah. Great, mo- great movie. Sal mm-hmm. Silver did a great job, but it's not a documentary. He did graduate from UCLA. He didn't quit. 
Um, oh, that's an ask, interesting fact as well. Yeah. 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 He, 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 did, he did graduate. He was an excellent student. And so there's two parts. It's a duality, you know. He's mm-hmm. got this great mm-hmm. philosopher and intellectual person. And then you've got the, uh, the, the alcoholic, crazy rock star. So there are two types of Jim Morrisons. And, and, and so that's the, the uniqueness of Jim Morrison uh, is that he was unlike other rock stars in that sense, but highly educated, had Nietzsche, the complete collection by age mm-hmm. 16, mm-hmm. had read it. You know, and mm-hmm. he was a really crazy guy. I mean, in Venice, they, uh, apparently, when he lived in Venice on the rooftops, he had a bookshelf full of um, books. I mean, tons of them. And people would come in, friends would come in, and he'd say, all right, now, you pick a book, any book, you open it up, you start reading it, and if I can tell you which book that is, you're buying the next uh, case of beer. And if I can't, uh-huh. then I'll buy it. And he wouldn't lose, he wouldn't lose ever. I mean, that's... <laughs> you know, he was this crazy intellectual, but he was a poet. And you know, yeah. it's true. It's just his true nature. Like, uh, you know, his soul was just given to poetry. And yeah, I think absolutely. it's. I knew that he attended UCLA, but I didn't know that he had graduated. So did I, I, or maybe I did because I haven't watched. He graduated while, and he, he skipped yeah. a grade in high school too. Uh huh. So really so smart, high. really smart guy, but an artist, you know. Who, who can write? Who can write the, the end, the lyrics of of the end, which are just mm-hmm. you know phenomenal, mm-hmm. at age twenty one. I mean that, that's he wrote that under by the way under the the pier of Santa Monica, that was written uh, mostly, yeah, it's, and it's it kept gr- adding on. But. It's a great area to visit, and um, Venice Beach, you know, and the boardwalk, and um, just to think that artists like Jim, you know, spent time there and were. Um, inspired by the landscape, you know, the, the ocean and um and the culture and it's yeah. and there's still a lot of culture there. I yeah, mean, absolutely. The first mm-hmm. two albums of The Doors, uh the first album which is entitled The Doors and then the second one Strange Days were both written in Venice. Mm-hmm. Those were both written okay. in then so okay. that they had 30 songs more or less when uh so it'll be the 50th anniversary next month. It's Jim Morrison's mm-hmm. birthday this Thursday. He would have been this, 73. It would, it would be 73. Uh-huh. He would but have been 73. 50th, but next month is yeah. the 50th anniversary of the release of the first Doors album. Okay. And Robbie Krieger last night, just in Venice, lit up the Venice sign. I don't know if you know, we have a, a lighting ceremony. I live in Venice. I'm born and raised here, so it just so happens uh-huh. that uh-huh. But Robbie Krieger of the Doors last night was he, he down the street lighting up the Venice sign. And he said to the crowd, uh, "We are, we were, uh, we're from Venice. We'll always be the band from Venice. Even when we went to play to Hollywood, they would announce us as the Doors from Venice. So that was really yeah. cool. And, th- and then he jammed Roadhouse Blues with the with the band with the band Venice, which is a popular local band. Uh, not just That's popular cool. local, but international. That's really cool. I'm, I'm." I'm a little envious that you're such a big part of it, and uh, you get to be so close to, uh, you know, the the music. And like you were saying, so you've actually met and spent time with the original band members. I um, have. I played yeah. and jammed with uh, Robbie Krieger several times. He's come up on stage with Peace Frog. He played in Venice 
mm-hmm. which uh, used to be called the Venice Bistro. Now it's called the Venice Beach Bar. It's totally revamped. Yeah. Under new management. Great place. Uh, great food. You know, it's, it's killer sound system. They did it. They really did it up. They rebarnished it. And um, I played with Ray Manzarek as well mm-hmm. up in Napa Valley. I got to play with the keyboardist and mm-hmm. and meet his mm-hmm. wife. And I've met John Densmore, the drummer, several times. And and then I've also visited Jim Morrison's grave in Paris at Pierre Lachaise in, uh, mm-hmm. in July 2nd of 2011 for the uh, 40th anniversary mm-hmm. of his death. And, and Ray Manzarek and Robbie Krieger were there, and it was a big oh, wow. celebration. Okay. So yeah, I'm a, okay. I've been a huge fan. You know, I'm not just. I mean, it's not just. Uh, yeah. For me, it's not about money for me. It's I really, really love the Doors, and they changed my life at a young age when I was 11. I, mm-hmm. I, I read I read that book, No One Here Gets Out Alive, and and I heard the soundtrack of Apocalypse Now, and it was like, wow, what is this? And I just got tuned in and turned on. And right away questioned authority, and that was that was my draw to, to to the doors was was that questioning of authority and rebelling against my my father. So that's uh-huh. how I got into uh-huh. it. So and and then it just grew from there. I mean, you know, dad wasn't the greatest guy with a domestic violence house, and so when I heard Jim say, "Father, yes, son, I want to kill you," I was like, ah, "Can we do that? That sounds good." Oh, <laughs> well, that's <laughs> Who's that? that? Yeah, I mean, it, but it, you know, and he was there for so many people as yeah. you know, being a a leader and a great personality. I'd say a leader, but but uh, just a a model figure that people. You know, I think so, and if, uh, uh, you but, do. But then there are some people yeah. who see the dark that focus on the dark side of him. You know, uh-huh. uh, there's no question he was an alcoholic. I, that uh-huh. was his drug of choice, by the way. He he didn't like uh, drugs because he didn't like dealing with drugs de- drug dealers. He didn't like mm-hmm. he, he didn't like he liked the fact that you can go down the street and pick up alcohol for you know cheap and yeah. legal. But uh, and it, not to say that he didn't do drugs, but he just didn't. It wasn't his his choice, and and that his choice was alcohol. And, so uh, yeah, I mean, for, that's for being and, the late '60s, I mean, what it was that he led was, you know, would been, you know, just a generation of free thinkers, you know, people, artists that were uh, thinking outside of their generation, you know, absolutely, um, looking for something, search soul searchers. Absolutely, <laughs> kind of like we're doing, kind of like we're doing now. Uh-huh. I, uh-huh. I, I'm predicting a resurgence. You know, I think this country every 50 years has to go, if you look at the the history of the United States, we have this every 50 years, we have this like a revamp, like, you know, the civil rights and all that was the, the last time. And I believe that now we're going to have a new one and bands like The Doors are going to resurface in another form that unify people in that making you, the great thing about The Doors is they make you think about yourself. You know, it's, it's it's all about changing from within, and then mm-hmm. the change happens outside. You know, it's not no no person, no no president, no is going to lead you anywhere. I mean, we've had history of shown us the change comes from within, and that was Jim's message: was you mm-hmm. got to change yourself first, 
and then the world will change. But it starts yeah. from yourself. And no one likes to look at themselves because it's a difficult thing to do. You know, sometimes when you look at yourself, you're like, ah, oh, you got problems from the past. And you just got to deal with that and, and make the world a better place. And that was what Jim was all about, yeah. you know. Well, to think of his contemporaries at the time, too. I mean, we're we're looking at um, at Jimi Hendrix and, mm-hmm. um, you know, Who was also Janice, a great was... philosopher. You know, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Hendrix, if you listen to his interviews, always about his 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 famous quote is uh um when the love of power is overcome by the uh, what is it when the when the power of love overcomes the love of power we will have peace that was hendrix's famous one of his and it's true uh-huh. and people you know and and uh, he was very intellectual as well i would say hendrix in his in his own way um, yeah. And Janice too, and her and she she was all about having a good time and and being liberal and free and mm-hmm. and not really putting other people's uh, her not not uh, imposing ideologies and saying if if you don't think the way that I think then it, and then take the highway instead of having this tolerance of other uh, perspectives and and the marketplace of ideas is the best thing that I could think of. It's, the mm-hmm. Supreme Court Justice said that that we should be able to pick and choose from different ideas and blend that one and blend this one, you know, and 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 allow everyone to speak their minds and 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 I and it seems like we've come to an age now, right, in our country where no, no, it has to be this way, and it's like you know, if you don't think like yeah, I do, then, it's um you know, the times are changing and it's it's. It's interesting and what we're gonna see, like you said, is that there has to be a new culture arising, you know, with with all of the contemporary modern conventions. Um, but from what you were saying, you know, examining the uh, your spirit, the soul, and uh, Jimi Hendrix's, you know, mirrors smashing down is what came to my mind. <laughs> all I could yeah. see was me. And uh, what a what a time to be um, to be a musician, you know, the late sixties, and oh then and uh, here and, and uh, think of the twenty seven club, and that's when we we lost Jim. Well, he was only twenty seven, yeah. and and it was the same uh, Hendrix and Janice, and it was you know Brian a, a drug culture. Yeah, but you know, so what great. I, um, I was just talking yesterday Person. how you in, mm-hmm. the, in the early '70s, after all that, you know, happened with and then Charles Manson and the murders and Sharon Tate, that people had you noticed that in the early '70s you saw like this little like a acoustic kind of um, era of music with Joni Mitchell and Crosby, mm-hmm. Stills, Nash and Young, mm-hmm. and even Led Zeppelin came out with a lot of acoustic because people had to just tone it down. It started, you know, the summer of love as well will be the 50th anniversary next summer. The summer mm-hmm. of love with that explosion out of San Francisco of Jefferson Airplane and and the Doors and Grateful Dead and Santana. And, and so that era, that was 50 years ago as well. And all of that happened. And, and now here we are 50 years later. And where are we? exactly where we need to be again 50 years ago in a place where people need to rise 
and take to the streets, which we have been seeing. Uh, there's going to be a, a, a march in January in downtown, uh, a women's march. Uh-huh. Uh, I'll be there. You know, it's, I think yeah. it's uh, January 26th. I'm not sure. The million, the million woman march in Los Angeles on Washington. There's going to be in Washington and one in LA. And we're seeing that because there's a system of checks and balances. We've got the executive, the legislator, and, and the what um, the uh, judicial. And, uh-huh. and the one the one element that the, that is that that also checks all of those is the people. And when you get a half a million to a million people in the streets, like we saw in the Vietnam uh, protest, this is when the status quo and the oligarchy get nervous. Because remember, mm-hmm. they're only one percent of uh, you know, and they have more than half of fifty percent of the wealth of the United States. And so when the people start rising, you you got to you'll you, you bet the rich people start getting nervous because they want to uh-huh. conquer and they want to conquer and divide, and that's uh-huh. what they've got us doing right now. And um, you know, I often ask people, do you know how many millions are in a billion? Kate, okay. and I don't. If you don't know the answer, it's okay. It's because most people don't. But off the top yeah. of your head, do you know how many? Uh, millions there's a hundred. No, it's a thousand, and that's the most common reply is 100 million. No, there's a thousand million in a billion. How, how, okay. many billion, how many billions in a trillion do you think there are? Oh, no. uh, there's a thousand. Our uh-huh. economy is 16 trillion dollars. What the heck is that? Oh. That's, we, we don't even think on those terms. I mean, mm-hmm. that, and most 90% of the people will say 100 million in a, is, is, in a, is in a billion. No, it's a thousand I, million. I only wish one I could deal in those large numbers on a, on a daily basis. <laughs> um, Me too. Yearly basis would be fine. You, you've got people who've got $16 billion. What are you going to do with that money? Yeah. And then we've got 16 trillion, and half of our money goes to the military, you know, which is like, wow, we, we've got, we could do so much with that here. Mm. We could, you know, uh, that's the, you know, so they've got us all brainwashed. <laughs> in a nutshell, Jim would agree. <laughs> Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that. <laughs> you know, I just, oh, you know, my other job is I'm a political science professor, by the way. So oh, that's are why you? I'm throwing all this stuff at you. Oh, okay. So you're smart. Yeah, you're super I, smart. It's well, I'm not poli sci. You know, uh-huh. I've been teaching what? ten years for at Pierce College for yeah, and, uh, and I teach American government. So many well, of these questions come from that. And back to. You know, getting back to um, Morrison and his his college education, what was it that he studied? He came out to study film. It was and, actually uh, film. He, he went to UCLA, uh-huh. and that's where uh-huh. he met Ray. And uh-huh. uh, and Ray was a, was in his uh, graduate. He was getting his graduate degree, and and Jim was getting his undergraduate degree. Uh-huh. And they were in the same class together. There's actually footage of them hanging out and. Um, you know, Ray saw his film, and and and, and um, I think how it all started was like like the story in the Doors movie. They Jim thought he uh, Jim said he was moving to New York City after graduation, and mm. Ray said, "Well, great, good luck." And in the middle of July of 1965, Ray lives in Venice, right off of Fraser. Uh, who comes walking down the street? But, but walking down the beach uh, is Jim Morrison. And yeah. Goes, yeah, I thought you moved to New York City. No, I'm I'm staying mm-hmm. here. I've been writing poetry. I, I'm living on the rooftops in Venice. And 
and he said, let me hear one. And he said, and Jim started to sing Moonlight Drive, and uh, that was it. You know, the, the, those lyrics were, were just so impressed Ray so much that they started the, the doors, and that was uh, the birth right here in Venice. Wow. But his first love was film. So it makes sense when you watch The Doors live, like when you really watch the, the, the footage of Hollywood Bowl, he's so theatrical. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, some, you, you, you'll watch his, his concert, and you, you just, you have this feeling of like on edge sometimes, like what's next? You know, it'll scare the pants out of you with some of his poetry, like wake up, and then he'll bring you into this cool, mellow, Indian, hypnotic, Native American rhythms, and then all of a yeah. sudden back to tension and then love and then hate and screaming and like, wow, that really was a ceremony. Yes, yes. Like uh-huh. A religious experience, spiritual experience. Of, yes, yes. So expressive. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the lyrics of the song, Peace Frog. Yeah, it was originally called Abortion Stories. Uh, and the, and Robin changed it to Peace Frog. Uh-huh. The yeah. the actual mm, theme of the song is uh, Native Americans uh, in spirit. Um, he was touched by the spirit of uh, the Native Americans and wrote this, this poetry. And I'll, I'll read something. Indians scattered on Downs Highway, Dawn's Highway, bleeding. Goats crowd the young child's fragile eggshell mine. Blood in the streets in the town of New Haven. Blood stains the roofs and the palm trees of Venice. Blood in my love in the terrible summer. Bloody red sun of fantastic L.A. So that's a quote from the song Peace Frog. And what struck me is the way he, you know, is speaking about blood. And when you read it, it's like something is terribly wrong. And, you know, and he wanted to voice that and voice, you know, uh, that there was blood spilled and there has been, you know, battles and we battled um, like the uh, settlers did with the Native Americans. and um, Absolutely. So it's, um, you know, it's a very intelligent and very expressive um, song. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the reason why he, uh, Robbie, like I said, it was originally called Abortion Stories and Robbie said, no, let's call it Peace Frog. And, in the Native American culture, frog, the frog is the symbol of peace because you can basically, if you pick up a frog, you can throw it. They're so docile. You can pick them up in the air and then throw them around. I mean, I, when I was a yeah. kid, I used to do that. I don't do it anymore. But, you know, they're, they're just frogs. They don't bite you. I mean, some are poisonous. but And the reference to uh, blood in the streets of the town of New Haven uh, mm-hmm. was the, uh, or I'm sorry, Blood in the Streets in the Town of Chicago was a reference yeah. to the Democratic convention that took place where, uh, during the, where, where Nixon was being um, elected in uh, okay. 68, 68, and it mm-hmm. turned into a huge mm-hmm. riot. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he was referring to that, just people who were peacefully protesting um, the Vietnam War and the election and it, and it turned into violence, and the police can the, the police came down on them, and uh, so yeah, he, he was very he they he would describe him uh, himself as an erotic politician, the erotic politician, you know, like a, a per, and uh, he, he 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 felt like 
you had to be, uh, in order to be a superstar, you had to be like an, an assassin or, 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 or um, something crazy like that. And, and this is back in 68. He was kind of a prophet. He mm-hmm. mentioned uh, how one day one, there'll be one person on stage with a bunch of machines and he'll be the one person doing the show. And they'll be, and that will be the future. And sure enough, what do we see now? We have one person on stage DJing, yeah. and and he had already predicted that in 1970. Uh huh. So wow, heavy guy. Yeah, I mean, totally intellectually. He's he was an early Vietnam protester. His father was the youngest admiral in the navy. Uh, served a, on a on a ship in Vietnam. Was 35 years old youngest admiral and he he was a military uh brat to, to, and he moved yeah. around a lot mm-hmm. so his mm-hmm. influence of native american comes from living in new mexico and he used to love to roam the, the desert and play with the lizards and yeah and the so, lizard yeah. king yeah. i know he spent time in the in the deserts of, of new mexico and that to think of um of living with with the culture of the Native Americans there, mm-hmm. um, uh, and the Mexicans, so yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> which I mean, when when you think about it, what is a Native American? Is uh, mm-hmm. essentially a, a, the the Spanish uh, uh, the the um, were they the missionaries? The call the the call the the Catholic Church came to California, New Mexico. And essentially uh, forced the indigenous people to change their name to Gonzalez and uh, Rodriguez. So when you go to these native, we play a, a, quite a few Native American casinos, reservations. We just played one last couple weeks ago in Feather Falls, and we played one in uh, Arizona. And it, when you see the, the uh, are they Mexican or, or are they really like Native American indigenous people? And yeah, it's we, both. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was owned by Mexico at one point, so sure. Uh, uh-huh. Maybe they did mix, maybe they didn't. But when when you look at like sitting pictures of like Sitting Bull, and 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 those and those that is when you really see uh, what the indigenous people of of America really looked like before mixing. With the Spaniards, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and um, they had a culture all their own, uh, of Absolutely. course, too. And there was, um, you know, uh, subculture of drugs like peyote and vision oh, questing and and all of this. And then it's a hot desert sun, and and then just, you know. Have you ever done one of those sweat lodges or? Um. Uh, that that much I don't, you know, and I, I don't quite know. But I'm just recalling my own time that I spent in the area. And, uh, you know, especially like Santa Fe. And uh, that's actually where I picked up a copy of a book um, about Jim. And, mm. yeah, so, um, you know, just to be so inspired by the land there and the landscapes. And, um, like I said, so... You know, inspiration for a great poet uh, to grow with. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now I've I've got to, and I think um, just say again that um, his spirit is alive. <laughs> and uh, 
you know, we have Jim Morrison born, and this week we're going to celebrate. Uh, your band is is the main attraction at the Venice Beach Bar, and it's so cool. Can you tell me more about your band members and your band that you put together? The band, uh, 1990, was it 98? So we're celebrating, uh, next year, our 19th year. And we've been, uh, to four, 14 different countries. We've toured Europe, we've toured India, Australia, Japan, Canada, mm-hmm. Latin America. Mm-hmm. And we've played over 28 different states here. And, um, it was, uh, it's a, the the band members. One of them is uh, the road manager for Robbie Krieger of the Doors. Uh-huh. One of the band members, the guitar player, um, uh, is a flamenco ec- a classical, but also rock and blues. And then the keyboard player used to be uh-huh. Ray Manzarek, uh, the keyboardist for the Doors, uh-huh. and would set up his, oh, okay. his, his So, you know, the whole thing is this full circle. We're when I put the band together in '98, um, it stemmed from a from just a, a a top 40 band, and we were playing like Sweet Home Alabama and Brown Eyed Girl. And my friend said, "You know, you really sound like Jim Morrison." I said, "Well, I love him because we would do Roadhouse Blues and some of Love Me Two Times." And so he said, "You should you should just do The Doors." Mm-hmm. And I said, "No," I said, "No, no." And then I said, "You know," he gave me the confidence, and and so. It started there, and that was in 1998, November, and I have not looked back. I have never played. <laughs> I haven't yeah. sang anything but The Doors for 18 years, uh, and I used to have this high range where I could sing Led Zeppelin stuff, and it's gone. I mean, I'm a baritone, and um, so the band, it, uh, it's it's morphed. You know, we've had different members come and go, and but... Uh, I'm the one consistent player and sing. It's it, it's essentially uh, top-notch musicians. You got to be to play this music, you know. Yeah. The, bass, the keyboard player plays bass with his left hand, just like Raymond. There is no bass guitar, and uh, uh, the, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's a jazz, rock, blues fusion kind of um, music. So anybody yeah, who, like who a, plays a the doors here. Uh-huh. It's blues. It's blues base. Uh, but then you've got Manzarek and 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 the Krieger. I mean, you've got uh, Robbie Krieger who first learned how to play flamenco guitar. Only uh-huh. uses his fingers. Doesn't use a, a guitar pick when he plays. You've got John Densmore who's a jazz uh, freak, and so that's why you hear all those real um, different drum rolls and like question marks and exclamation marks on. Jim's poetry through the throughout the Doors music, you really hear that these four musicians who came together was a phenomenon. It was an anomaly that the four of them together really yes. were uh, a force that, without one of them, it wouldn't have worked. And and the and the part that most people don't know is that Robbie Krieger was one of the one of the the songwriters. It was. Light yeah. My Fire, he, that was the first song he wrote. Then he wrote Love Me Two Times. Uh-huh. And he wrote uh, Touch Me, Love Her Madly. So a lot of the hits were written by him. I, and I actually got to talk to him about it. And he was, yeah, I wrote Light My Fire and it went downhill from there. I was <laughs> like, no, Robbie. But, but he, yeah, he wrote his best song or his best hit. Uh-huh. And he was a nice, 
I've never been able to top it since, but uh, he's a gracious guy. He, he does these um, he does these charity work for St. Jude Children's Hospital, which I've actually uh, sang at some of them, and, and uh, really super cool guy. All of them are, uh, and and yeah. Derek wow. was was when he was alive. It was uh, super nice to me and his wife, and and rest in peace, and um, yeah. all good all good guys. Okay, well I'm. I'm, you know, I have to thank you again, and I really appreciate your, the time yeah. you took to um, the chat. And yeah. um, it's certainly, you know, fascinating to speak about yeah, this, uh, the bad numbers. We're mm-hmm. going to, what, what the beautiful thing about Peace Frog is the Doors tribute band that I formed is I've been able to go around the world and here in LA and in Venice and gather Doors fans together under one roof to celebrate this great music and keep it alive. And that's what basically we're doing. Yes, and some people yeah. are like, they're like anti, you know, tribute bands or anti peace frog. And, well, no, but, you know, if you want to stay home and listen to your Doors CDs and watch your Doors DVDs by yourself, you do <laughs> if you want to come down and have a good time this Thursday and celebrate Jim Morrison with a bunch of other great, fun people that love the doors and you come down and, and hang out with us at the Venice beach bar this Thursday and have fun because I've run yeah. into this argument all the time. Like, oh, you're not the doors. Or, no, I'm not the doors. But you want to yeah. have a good time and celebrate? Let's do it. Otherwise stay home. Yeah. Listen to right. The right. Right. Uh, I don't, it's, I don't, doesn't call it me. We're going to have fun. It's a get together. Yeah. yeah we're going to get together. We're going to have, cool. yeah, it's a party. <laughs> okay. Believe me. It's a party. I got a huge following in LA and Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And uh, we play Las Vegas twice a year since 2003, and that's our second home. And we play Hermosa Beach every year at the Fiesta. And so we've been doing this a long time, and we've got a big, good, good, solid family we call the Peace Frog family. So we invite new people all the time to come. You're going to see the same people. They're going to welcome you, and it's a good, good time. And, and uh, we're looking forward to it. To yeah, it. Yes, you know, and people will have the opportunity to be your part uh uh today is uh Venice Beach culture and to you know spend time at the Venice Beach bar which is actually where Jim used to hang out. Yeah. And, uh, and we'll have heat lamps by the way. We're gonna have heat lamps so don't worry. Uh-huh. Might be a little chilly at night, but we're gonna have some big nice propane heat lamps, a couple of them in the patio, so don't let that discourage you. <laughs> sweet, sweet. Um wow, it sounds really nice. Um, well, and, and a cinematography show, by the way, Kate. There's a cinematography show that we're going to be showing uh-huh. that goes along with the music. So that's another thing I forgot to add. Oh, sweet. Well, I got to thank Peace Frog, you know, um, and a lot of people are just deeply, you know, touched, um, and they're going to be able to hear your band and, um, and a shout and out to Noel. Rock out, who, dance, and, um, a shout oh, out to yeah, Noel, Noel the booker, please. Yeah, is, Noel Kim is, is a really is a, cool gal. Um, she's responsible for bringing us back, so uh, yeah. I want to give her props. And she's uh-huh. totally musician friendly. So anybody interested in playing the Venice Beach Bar, she is cool and she knows how to talk with musicians. She's been in the business for years, and uh, she has nothing but respect for artists. So anybody yes, interested is. in performing, yeah. So Super she knows cool her. Gal. She knows Noel our language. Kim. Yeah. <laughs> No, okay. Yeah, just okay. look her up and call call the Venice Beach Bar or look her up on Facebook. Either way, 
and she's uh, she lives and breathes music and loves artists and so uh props to her okay well tony have a wonderful week and i'm gonna you too. Uh, uh, you know, and I certainly hope to see you soon and um, and spend time. I'm, I'm the... going to buy you a drink. You got to come down, you got to buy you a drink, maybe two. Who knows? Well, show me the way to the next whiskey bar. Oh, don't ask why. Oh, don't ask why. Show me. I tell you, I tell you